You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning once again. This is Extraordinary Father Mike Moore here with Extraordinary Karen <laughs> Gibbs <laughs> yeah, boy, in this extraordinary part of the, of the uh, United States of America. It's getting pretty deep in here. It's getting pretty deep in here. No, we are. By God's grace and blessing, yep. we are. So it's good to have you with us today on, on Real Presence Radio. Um, we are excited to bring you our next guest. A guest. Um, her name is Cynthia Zook. Cynthia, are you with us today? I sure am. It's good to have you with us uh, this morning. On uh, and, and where are you coming to us from? From Duluth, Minnesota. Ah, uh, Duluth. I was just up there for the unfortunate and sad event of the b- death or the burial yes. of your bishop. That was a yes. sad, sad uh, yes. time for you. I know he was a wonderful guy. So he um, certainly was. Yep. We, we already miss him. Oh, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. He was mm-hmm. just a great guy, and and um, and and yet we move on. The grace of God continues to sustain us. So, <clears throat> Cynthia, right. tell tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, good morning, audience. Um, I'm Cynthia Zook, and um, I grew up in Minneapolis, actually, as a Lutheran, um, and began my teaching career by attending the University of Minnesota Duluth um, to be prepared to become a teacher back in 1975. And so um, that brought me to Duluth, where I ended up uh, student teaching here in a Catholic school, and that's a whole other story that if we can go into if we have time, but um, providentially, I, um, after becoming a principal, or excuse me, after becoming a teacher, I decided to join the RCIA program and become a Catholic. And so that happened many years ago, and um, it has influenced my life ever since. So, Cynthia, tell us a little bit about, um, just first about, you know, you started out as a young teacher, Lutheran uh, woman, young teacher, mm-hmm. teaching in the Catholic school. Um, tell us a little bit about um, how that educational experience um, of teaching kids in the Catholic school, um, how that's been for you. Well, it's been very rewarding to start with, and, and I want to say that um, certainly the RCIA program that I went through in the 80s, um, which was new at that time, um, was very helpful in helping form me in the faith of the Catholic Church. So um, it's been a joy to be able to bring uh, Christ to our students every day through our teaching, and then subsequently when I became a principal and now as a superintendent. And the joy comes from just watching the children um, with such openness to the experience of, of a loving God and being able to um, help one another in times of difficulty with, um, with it, each other's faith and, and strengthening and comforting them. Just like today, I'm feeling that comfort and strength from our coworkers and the parishioners and in the Diocese of Duluth and the loss of our dear Bishop Serva. Okay, that's wonderful. And, and uh um, I think sometimes, if you agree, that sometimes children, in their innocence and their purity, can be such um, an amazing um, awareness of God's presence and God's grace in our lives. And that happened yesterday, actually. A unique experience. Um, the diocesan center here is right across the parking lot from one of our Catholic schools. And our second graders came over 
to the pastoral center to bring a message of comfort to the pastoral center in this time of loss. And they brought a spiritual bouquet and um, offered many prayers for our staff, which I thought was such a beautiful thing to happen. And at the same time, they were able to recite the um, Luke's gospel to us. And so, um, again, it's an example of how our children really embrace the faith mm-hmm. um, with a great openness. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and the, I always think of the innocence of a child's voice raised in prayer is... Um, is I mean, it's humbling. Know, it's humbling as an adult yeah. to see the children do this so beautifully. Yeah, and and we have a loving God, and He must especially just delight when the children raise their voices. You know, just uh, exactly. Um, so you converted um, forty years ago, if my notes are right, yes. to the, to the yes. church. Um, uh, why did you decide to take the RCI? I mean, what prompted you or pushed you in that direction? Well, having worked in the school and working among a staff that was um, very uh, in love with their faith and um, were um, very willing to share their faith with one another, it became almost contagious. So I, I thought that this would be a good time, if for no other reason, to enter into our RCIA program just to learn about the faith, even if I didn't decide to make that choice to become a Catholic, I thought the, it, there would be great value for me in learning more about the Catholic faith. And of course, you know, once you jump in, um, you you come to love all that you know about Jesus. So it, it just brought me closer and closer to that staff, and, and it certainly gave me a, a better avenue to connect with my students. And then um, because of all that, I was blessed in return from their faith. Mm, absolutely. You know, I'm going to go off script here a little bit because as you're talking, I'm thinking there might be somebody out there listening who was raised in a Lutheran church or another a Protestant church and is considering joining. And one of the things you said was, you know, the RCIA process is not a done deal. It isn't like once you start, you have to become Catholic. Right. Um, but um, can you talk us a little bit about, did your family, um, how did they respond to your, your <laughs> desire to become Catholic? Sure. So at first, I, I didn't say much to them about it because my intention wasn't necessarily to become a Catholic. It was a, a growing process. But I'll tell you a little story here. Um, growing up in Minneapolis, my grandmother started a Lutheran church in the basement of a fire hall with her girlfriends and a prayer uh, group and Bible study group, and it grew to become a church. And I, I think faith has always been at the root of our family life as I was growing up. And so it, it wasn't um, strange or, or odd that I would explore even further how my faith could grow. So the reaction of my family was supportive in general when I... Um, revealed to them that my intent was to become a Catholic. In fact, um, I had quite a few elderly relatives that were very proud of me for um, taking my faith as seriously as I would so that I would study even deeper. So that that process um, really was embraced by my family. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a grace, a blessing and a gift, because I think sometimes it can be, um, you know... Uh 
negative reaction, anything but Catholic, you know. Right. Um, so I'm glad for you that it wasn't. So so t- tell us a little bit, of, well, excuse me, you're listening to Cynthia Zook um, here on Real Presence Radio. She is uh, it's talking about her journey um, through the Catholic school system and, and her conversion to the Catholic faith. So... Uh, Cynthia, tell us a little bit about, um, you obviously aren't still teaching. You've got moved beyond that in terms of Correct. the Catholic school system. So um, how does how did that journey de- uh, develop for you? Okay, well, that too is interesting. It's kind of a part of our history in the Catholic Church a little bit, in that um, in the late 80s, uh, the sisters that were in our, our schools um, were trying to indicate to me that they would need lay leadership going forward. And so um, our superintendent, who happened to be a sister, um, a Benedictine sister here in Duluth, tapped me on the shoulder and said, would you please be interested in attempting to go to uh, school at the university to become a Catholic school principal? And I said, well, you know, I really love teaching. <laughs> and that's, that's where I always intended to be. But if if there's a need for the church, I want to try to meet that need. If if you see in me the um, traits and qualities that are necessary for leadership, so I went to college, and I did um, advance um, on the campus of the school in which I was working as a teacher into an assistant principal uh, ship because the principal there was getting elderly and having a difficult time handling all the responsibilities on her own. So that gave me a little um, testing ground and an opportunity to explore what parts of leadership um, I needed more development in. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, so that's kind of how it all all began. And so the sisters were leaving Catholic education, and it came to be that, indeed, they did need replacements for leadership. So I took on the principalship at a local a Catholic school here in Duluth. And and how Cynthia, how does that how does the being a principal match you meant, talked about that passion for teaching and and how the Lord has led you, you know, from that immediate contact with the kids to that administrative role. Um uh how is how is that journey how has the Lord led you in that direction? Right. Well actually, you know, leading a school and um, working with a staff and a faculty isn't a whole lot different than working with children. <laughs> You're still directing <laughs> them. <laughs> I love it. You're still trying to provide, um, you know, leadership and, and education to them so that they can grow um, in their craft of teaching as well as in their faith. So in many ways, uh, it's not a whole lot different. Although, you know, I did and still do miss the daily contact that I had with the children because, um, you know, that is where the heart of it's all at. And as an administrator, I often would just plain place myself in a classroom because I didn't want to lose touch with what it's all about and mm-hmm. um, the realities and, and the challenges that teachers may be experiencing as they're going through their days. So it, it was a joy for me to be in a small Catholic school at first so that I could do that. I had the time to be able to spend time in the classroom. Wonderful. Um, and uh, do, you, do, you, uh, do you feel yourself sort of being in a role of, uh, you know, being a leader, um, I suspect also means you're a mentor? 
um, sure. in many ways for um, for teachers and uh, and uh, a guide for them. Correct. Yeah, I, I think that that whole role continues. I mean, I'm always looking for teachers that have um, great skill and um, have an aptitude for leadership. And so, you know, we're always looking for good Catholic um, teachers to become principals. And I often lead them towards um, programs that are offered nationally for the discernment of leadership. In fact, we have mm. two of our teachers right now um, in such a program um, that we hope we'll, we are developing to become a future principal. It's amazing as you're talking. It's <clears throat> it's like you know the realization that sometimes where we think God's going to lead us is not maybe where He leads us, and yet exactly. where He leads us is exactly where we need to be. You know, yeah. so, so that, that's very important in terms of our any of us discerning what is God's call for us, um, and even after we find a vocation. You know where that where it, within that vocation God is leading us is an important part of this whole journey. Um, well, and I think that's so true. I, I mean, that's where the the faith uh, comes into play, and your trust in what God's will is for your life, and to be opening open to the promptings of the Holy Spirit as you work from day to day, and what God might be asking you to do next. Yes. Um, and that's a that's a kind of a good way for us to sort of end this this segment is just that whole sense of open yourself to God's presence. He does want to talk to you. He will talk to you. He'll send the gift of the Holy Spirit if we're attentive and we're listening, and we have that openness um, to respond. So, um, and that's exactly what you've done, which yeah. is which is is wonderful to, to to visit with. Any last thoughts for people listening? Yeah, well, I, I think one of the last thoughts would be, of course, to listen to the promptings of God in your life, because we all have a gift to offer, and um, by listening to God, we we receive so much happiness in our work and in, in our, um, our vocational call. So whether that's to be a mother and a, a, a stay-at-home mom or a volunteer or a career person, Listening to God's will in our life will make us happy. Yep. Uh, Cynthia, we thank you very much for listening to, or for being with us today, and we thank all of our listeners for listening and hope that it's been an inspiration to you. So have a good day, Cynthia. Thank you. A Merry Christmas to the audience. You bet. Coming up next, we'll be checking out the events in the, uh, our listening area on the 10-minute tour. And later in the show, how many people have heard of the homily tour? I certainly haven't, and I preach all the time. So what is that? <laughs> uh, stay tuned with uh, Father Chris Cadamus. Um, he's, we're broadcasting um, from Dunn Brothers Coffee in Rapid City, South Dakota. Um, this is Father Mike Malloy. I'm here with Karen Gibas, And we will be right back, so please stay tuned. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 